previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. And Zawadzki says, Look upon them, your majesty, and Danikeshian, ambassador. The king turns to Zawadzki and says, I leave this in your hands. I would like to cast enemies abound. <laughs> Dalvia, sensing the distraction, she casts teleport. You think we were stupid enough to allow you to teleport? We were hoping. In walks Ogberg Alistair, the father of Dalvia and Hexor, trailed by Caxius, Squats, and Jimmy Crack Corn. You have caught my traitorous offspring. Deal with them as you see fit. Zawadzki then draws his knife, puts it to Ogberg's throat. Tell me where the Diadem Exorius is. Sargonis took it? He's here? <laughs> A little tiny bit, yes. Yeah. You're welcome. Relieve them of their weapons. You hear him cry out, Sargonis, send me your servant that I may help you conquer this world. Above you, you see a swirl of black. Out drops a massive demonic figure. You see a tattoo. No way. With head of rabbit and tie of bow. My name is Forlyris. Four-wheeler, you orphaned us at a young age. Forlyris lunges forward. Ogberg casts Dispel Magic, which removes the private sanctum that is keeping you from teleporting, and Dalvia casts Teleport on all of you. You hear Zawadzki shouting, No! And you see Ogberg being lifted to his feet by squats as Jimmy Crack Corn sucker punches Caxius in the face. And then you reappear in the inn at the ford. Stan, we failed to get the Diadem Exorius away. Did Zawadzki summon the, the god? No, the bits named Jet did. Ogberg appears with squats, but there is no Jimmy Crack Corn. Ogberg says, we need to regroup. Crusade? It's come to that. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Eric Nemeth. Hey, Paul, do you have a quarter on you? No. I want you to flip it. I want to know if I'm getting some head or tail from you. Why not both? Oh! Paul. <laughs> 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 and Matt Smith can join me. Paul, I'm so, I'm so happy you can be our uh, Dungeon Master despite the stigma. <laughs> Stick my dick in your mouth. <laughs> got him. <laughs> oh my god. Ben Renfro. You want to know the upside to being an orphan? Every bag of chips is considered to be family sized. <laughs> oh god. Did we already do the the family portrait one? Probably not. Did I say that one yet? Okay, I didn't know if we were going with orphan jokes. Okay. <laughs> and Brad Richards. Did you know that if an orphan takes a selfie, it's a family portrait? <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're going to hell. He's trying. I think he's either <laughs> holding something back or trying to think of a way to segue this into the fact that we're a D&D podcast. Even Why though, not both? Even though I'm not sure that he's introduced Matt yet, but that's fine. No, he did. Hey, what about the army of orphans? No, what he's like, like, oh, bias. orphans are usually lonely because they have no family. And if you feel lonely, come join our fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. <laughs> and this is our 84th episode. <laughs> oh, hey, Paul, I got a joke for you. Ready? Okay. A dyslexic guy walks into a bra. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Wait, if Brad's allowed to say jokes, I am. Oh, by the way, I changed what my call my nuts. They're now called Wonkas. They're between Willy and my chocolate factory. Mm. And they're swollen in orange. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do you know that? 
do they sing to? Because Paul they told do. me after, after you guys got done with the, with the heads and tails shit. So let's go ahead and jump right back into where we left off. Our adventurers had just escaped the clutches of Zawadski, and for Lyris, uh, they teleported out of the throne room and back to the inn at the Ford, where Stan was waiting for them, and Augberg and uh, Squats joined up, and they told you that Jimmy Crack Corn had distracted the guards and Caxias in order to allow Squats and Augberg to escape. Dalvia was distraught, and you guys all decided, you know what, it's time to put out the call to our allies. It's time for the gaggles to assemble. And, uh, yeah, that's where we're going to pick up. Augberg turns to all of you and says, here's the plan. He looks at Stan. Stan, you're going to get a message out to our purified allies. Yes, sir. I'm on it. He turns to Hexor. Son, you are going to organize a messenger to the free cities and this Figus. Uh, Prothean, where can we find Figus? I'm assuming he's in South Salt with my army. Should be training him right now. Where in South Salt? What's you guys name of that uh, crappy gym you own? <sighs> he actually hasn't been. As soon as Prothean left, Figus just started touring the country. Yeah, so... It's like, freedom. <laughs> I spit at Prothean. I bit slap him. And then the name of the establishment is the Hammer Fist. Is that the Hammer Fist more than likely? As in Hammer Fist in your ass. Sorry. Wow, what a different Brad we're getting this week. Last week he didn't say a damn word because he was tired. That's <laughs> this week he won't shut the fuck That's up. That's because I wasn't up till 5 a.m. playing softball. Okay. Augberg's, Augberg says, All right, Hexor. Send a messenger to Figus in South Salt at the Hammerfist. Of course, Father. I will do that right away. Then Augberg turns to Squats and says, I think she had a name. I think she had a real name. Yeah, Squats. Badass. Um, he lost a name. Augberg then turns to Squats and says, I need you to track down Zawadski and that demon that he summoned. Do you think you can do that? She nods curtly and sweeps out of the inn. Then Augberg turns to all of you and says... Did she nod curtly because uh, he didn't remember what her voice sounded like? <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> then Augberg turns to all of you and says, Clearly, we're all battered, bloodied, bruised. And he holds his hand to the cut on his neck and says, Let's all get some rest and uh, we'll go after these nefarious creatures that have invaded our lands. I just draw, take my clothing off while walking upstairs to a bed. By the time I get upstairs full butt-ass naked. Not even caring that everyone sees. Augberg. Yes. Do you have any connections or anybody? I swear to God, if what you the plug fuck did your I call gym. You? Oh, damn. Alright, Mr. Alistair, sir. Hexors and Dalvia's dad. Um... Do you have anybody who could provide us with weapons? Yes. Um, rest up, and I will send someone to acquire some new weaponry for us. Did any of you have any magical weapons that need replaced? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Just say yes, even if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's magical warhammers for, for my brother and I. He just starts unbuckling his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I would lose it. He's like, oh, 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 we're talking about actual weapons. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I will I will do my best to find some magical war hammers. Abe, is there anything that y you need replaced? Oh, imagine needing weapons, and I just go like, poof, and a, uh, let's go with a war hammer appears in my hand. <laughs> I just wave it around a bit, and then go poof, and it disappears again. <laughs> Can you actually do that? Yeah, that's what I've been doing this entire time. <laughs> How does Wait, really? Do? Yeah, every time I use a weapon, it just poofs into my hand. It's a warlock thing. I don't know why <laughs> I never do this. <laughs> How does he do that? And Prothean is gone. But I will find him a longsword and a greatsword. He always seems to have two of them on hand. Thank you. Yeah, that was a concern of mine because he didn't send anybody out for weapons. And uh, we lost them. And uh, if we're going to start this cru crusade... I say it all quiet like um 
As soon as it says crusade, I like bust through the ceiling. <laughs> you just jump off the bed and come straight through. Hold on, everybody. Matt's dying. <laughs> it's all good. All right, Matt's alive. He pushed the button. Now he's gonna <laughs> live. He's gonna live. He'll pull through. As he pushed the button. He says crusade. I bust through the ceiling. Arms in the air, young crusade. <laughs> he busts on the ceiling. <laughs> what? By That's the way, impressive. I'm butt ass naked. I, I know. Like Kool Aid Man through the ceiling. Every I just sidestep it. <laughs> Ogberg rubs rubs his temple and just goes. Stan is gonna be so upset. Well, looks like you don't need to send out for weapons for Prothean. He's already armed. He's got his dagger. <laughs> this little short sword. <laughs> By God, does it silence people when he uses it? <laughs> don't worry, Captain. We'll buff out them scratches later. Stan's gonna be all right. But uh, thank you. And I'm gonna go turn in for the for the time being. By the way, I need a great sword and a long sword. They're both magical. Can you get them for me? Or tell Figus to bring them. Uh, Ogberg just nods. I walk back upstairs, not covering anything. I shout down the stairs, Crusade, <laughs> 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 and then I run. <laughs> All right. Uh, while you guys are resting. You finalize the level up that began back in the throne room. Why don't we really quickly run through your character and what you got with this level up? You are now all uh, a total of level 12. Some of you are multi-classed. So let's start with, we'll go in the same order that we introduced ourselves in the podcast. Eric, so you're Prothean Grey Mane and you play what type of character? I play a Retribution Paladin. was an Oathbreaker. I think it was Dr. Buson. Um, I just got a ability, a, a, a ability modifier. Words, words, words. Suck a dick. Let's use them. I don't know how to speak. Yeah, I just got an ability score improvement. That's about it. And Matt Smith. I am Abe Van Halen. I am a monster slayer ranger and a hexblade warcock. And I gained a level in warcock. So I learned a new spell and a new invocation and got some HPs. Do you want to tell us what those spells and invocations were? Hmm. It's usually best to not because then you can kind of change them. Then I could spring them on Paul. And spring them on Paul so that he doesn't know how to prepare for them. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell <laughs> Paul Camper. All right. So he doesn't try to foil them. Ben Renfro. Yeah, so I play Brixius Hammerbottom, half-orc. I am a Battlemaster Fighter level 11 now, uh, which by taking that 11th level, I got a few extra HPs, and I also got an extra, extra attack. So now I have two extra attacks per turn, or per action, uh, and I also am a level 1 Wild Surge Sorcerer. Yeah. Perfect. And be rich. Uh, yeah, I'm B-Rich. I play Ambionitis Hammerbottom. I'm a... Level 11. Level 11 Barbarian. Half-Orc. <laughs> level 1 Sorcerer, and I'm a half-Orc, half-Orphan, and, uh... Half-Orc-Fin. Half-Orphan. <laughs> and, yeah, really the only thing I got was... Oh, I got more HP, so now I'm at a 1... A nice comfortable 167 hit points, and I got uh, Relentless Rage, which is what I used two episodes ago? Two episodes ago. And uh, what exactly is Relentless Rage? So if I get dropped to zero hit points and I beat a DC roll, then I go to one hit points, right? Yes. Okay, cool. And so the first time, and you can keep doing it too, which is, a, which is really cool. So the first time, you just have to beat a DC 10. Then it goes up by 5, doesn't it? The second time, it's a DC 15 and then a DC 20. Then a DC 25? Yep. Yep. DC 30 after that? Yep. Don't even get me started on 35. And, so, and then since you're a half-orc, once you fail one the first time, the half-orc thing kicks in, right? Oh, that yeah. brings you back to one. Yeah, yeah we have a half work thing that the first, like, if we go to down to zero hit points, we come back with one. And then so, does that reset the uh, relentless rage? <laughs> no, so it does not. So the for that goes back down. And just once it gets <laughs> too high that you don't want to roll for it anymore, you're like, yep, this time I'm going to use the half work thing. Yeah, that's how we got to really start introducing ourselves. Half work, full orphan. 
<laughs> All right. Well, speaking of full, you just got a full rest. And uh, you have been brought back together in the in at the Ford common room. And Augberg is standing in conference with squats. And he's nodding his head and turns to you all and says, We've got the messages out. Uh, I was able to pick up some weapons from our purified allies. So everybody has a plus one weapon. So that's plus one longsword and greatsword for Prothean. Only? Plus one warhammers for Brixius and Ambionitis. And uh, Abe, as you basically told me, go fuck myself. So, Yes, sir. <laughs> How's that going for you? Well, we're going to be fucked unless all of our allies come together, but we do have a lead on where Zawadski and Forliris are headed. We might be able to intercept them before they join forces with Sarganis. Or at least we can see, follow them and see where they're headed, maybe spy on them and figure out what their plans are now that Sarganis is back in the primaterial plane. So, um, we're gonna go. Squats is gonna lead us, but... Before we go, I must warn you, do not, by any means, engage. I just laugh. I'm going to get down on one knee, <laughs> and I'm going to look up at Ogberg <laughs> and ask him if he will do me the honor of making me the happiest tiefling <laughs> in all the kingdoms. <laughs> As I said, do not engage. <laughs> Because you told me to! <laughs> and Prothean, he points at you and holds up a hand and says, I'm about to say this word, and as long as you contain your excitement, you will get to perform it. Are you ready? Oral. <laughs> <laughs> if you wait, you will be able to crusade later. I do a very courteous nod. And pull my greatsword on and slice the table in half. <laughs> you see a very definite wet spot in his pants. <laughs> Stan goes, No! Why is it always my furniture and doors and windows? Why is it always me? Why is your guys' super secret hideout your inn? <laughs> <laughs> There's a puddle of piss in my boot. <laughs> Alright, squats, lead the way. She has some horses ready for you all. And she says, we're going to take the horses and then he'll get us there in time, hopefully. And then we'll go on foot after that. All right. I'm going to call my wobo. Okay. That takes 10 minutes, right? Yes. All right. Well, I guess after a while riding on the horses, a war bear just comes out of nowhere, spooks all the horses and squats goes, what the fuck is that? That's just Prothean. Oh, and the war bear. <laughs> Prothean? And she turns to you and points at you emphatically. Explain. You think I ride a horse like you peasants? You're going to ride that thing? Pause. <laughs> fine. That That's fine. It's going to have to stay behind him. We're going to have to go on foot, though. We're going to have to be very quiet. Very, very quiet. We're, hunt we're hunting Zawadzki. Thanks for your permission. I still got my war eagle. Aww. You can call a war eagle, but you would have to get rid of the war bear. I know. I'm not doing it, though. Okay. So as soon as we see him, we're going to attack, right? Absolutely. It would be better to kill them now when they're not, you know, with the rest of the demon army. I agree. Yeah, wait, hold on, hold on. I feel like, Who came you know, up with just Zawadzki and Valerius would be a lot easier to fight by themselves than, you know... After they meet with Sarganus and get his blessing and yeah. his extra fucking power. <laughs> and like 20,000 more demons. You could take them all. Well, that's the hope that we intercept them before they reach Sarganus. But if they reach Sarganus, then all bets are off. Who's betting? So if we do intercept them, are we still not supposed to engage by, by your father's plan? Not your father. Who, who is your father? My father's dead. Oh, I'm sorry. He was a drunk who left me on the streets to fend for myself. Drunken phallus. She never knew her father. So, are you an orphan? You want to join an army? I guess, yeah, I'm an orphan. What is that and she is technically in our army, so... You report to Figus. Why? <laughs> who the fuck is Figus? 
Don't worry about it. He's just a fucking orphan. You'll know soon enough. <laughs> okay, so are we still not supposed to engage if if we do intercept them? Ogberg speaks up and says, Well, my initial warning was if we encounter Sargonis. If it's just for Lyris and Zawadzki, then yeah, let's take them out. But we don't want to engage Sargonis. We all saw what happened. Well, no, I didn't see what happened. I saw the aftermath of what happened when you ran into Sargonis. Alright, so what are we doing all this talking here for? Let's ride. After a time, you are far away from Principium. It is much later in the day, and you are now in uh, some gullies among the flatlands as you head north towards the Prussian Canal system and the forest in which it resides. In one of these gullies, Squat uh, indicates that you should all dismount, and from there you're going to go on foot. So I'm going to need stealth checks from everybody, and you're going to have advantage because Squats is helping you point out where you should or should not be stepping. Well, guys, Brixies is not going to be our saving grace this time around. Wait, what kind of terrain did you say we were in? These would be grasslands. Mountainous grasslands? <laughs> no. <laughs> With big, rather large rolling hills? No. <laughs> well, all right then. I got a 22. Uh, I've got a crow. Sorry. I'm sneaky as fuck. Actually, you're, what type of armor are you wearing, Prothean? I don't have it written down. I think I'm wearing plate. Okay, if you're wearing plate armor, then you have disadvantage on any stealth rolls, and since you're being given advantage, then it's just normal. So what was the first thing that you rolled? 22. 19. So 22. I didn't re-roll. Oh. Okay. Wait, you didn't even re-roll? You didn't no. even take a second one? Yeah. I, I rolled a 19. I'm not going to roll any better than that. Well, you there's could. one number <laughs> out there that's I rolled you. a fucking five the second time. I'm going with 19. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> just... There was one better you could have done, is all I'm trying to say. And you roll double and you roll two nat 20s in a row, then it counts as double perfect, I think. Oh, uh, uh, 15. Also 15. Oh, boys, those are some respectable numbers over here. We got an eight over here. With advantage? I rolled a, a six and then a two. Boy, he's a jolly good rookie. Okay, uh... You... Oh, let's just have Jet cast pass with a... Oh, wait. <laughs> He's an asshole. <laughs> Dude never comes through for us when we need him to. What a joke. <laughs> just murder him. Is this how we spend the entire kind of like... It's like a montage of just riding on a trail or walking on a trail for the entire time. And it's just us talking shit about Jet the entire time. Oh, dude, that's how we pass the time. But like, remember that time Jet kicked a bucket of grease into the campfire? <laughs> Those last 83 episodes. Remember that time that Jet showed up? Because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, so you guys have this montage as you're riding, as you're walking, and as you're walking, Dalvia can tell that you, Brixius, are really not being quiet or stealthy in any way. So she is going to touch her temple, look forward into the future, and then get change your roll to a 16. Holy shit. Is she fucking <laughs> Professor X? <laughs> what is she, a, a dungeon master? That just knows the DC? <laughs> Whoa, Charles, calm down. And what is this roll? <laughs> she's a divination wizard, and she's allowed to change a roll three times. A divination. <laughs> On ice. On ice. Wait, is that really a thing that they could do is change roles? Yes. And if she could change it to whatever she wanted, why the hell did she stop at 16? (laughs) Just to beat the DC, probably. Oh, no. So she has to roll a D20 three times, and then she gets to pick from those three. Interesting. That's that's cool. God damn it, damn. Yeah, so the numbers are already preordained in terms of what, what, what she can change it to, but she can change to any one of those three numbers. But that means she only has two left. So what's your new roll? 16. <laughs> you don't have... You have a plus zero? Oh, 18. All right. There we I go. I thought you were saying that the new score I would have is 16. First no. day of playing the game, huh? <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey. Just blow in from stupid town. <laughs> Listen, Paul was very unclear with the instructions there. I understood it. I'm slow. I pay attention. <laughs> 
90% of the time, 30% of the time. Every time. <laughs> All right, so you finally reach a point where it squats, motions you to get low to the ground, and you come to a small ridge, and you can see Zawadski riding a horse as the giant form of Forliris is flying next to him. Dungeon Master Paul here with another round of mid-roll. First and foremost, we certainly hope that you are enjoying this episode, as well as the rest of the story up until this point. With everything quickly coming to a close, the only thing not coming quickly are the episodes. And we know that's not fair to you, our listeners. The short of it is, there is no short answer for the delayed episodes. We continue to strive for quality and effort that is evident in every episode, and that takes time. Uh, after 80 episodes, you'd think it has become second nature, but in some ways it's actually harder than ever. Nevertheless, we understand that as listeners, you're itching for the next part of that adventure. So, to acknowledge your dedication, we will be posting the full version of the Hammerbottom lore episode to our feed in June. Everyone got a taste of that earlier this year, but for those of you who have been patiently awaiting the feed to update, you'll now get the full thing. It's something that has already been available to our patrons for months now, a wonderful group of people that you can join for as little as $2 a month and start accessing bloopers, conversations, extra episodes, unique artwork, and even an original soundtrack. However, since our existing patrons have already heard the full lore episode, to thank them, we will be waiving Patreon fees for the month of June. During that time, new lore episodes and other content will be posted at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros, but at no charge. This is also meant to be an apology while we deal with shipping delays on the Patreon-exclusive merchandise. I know that I said we hope to have it to you by mid-May, but supply delays have backed everything up by nearly a month now. It's all in production or in boxes in my living room. Uh, we're just waiting on everything to finally get here so that we can ship it out to you. Now, we hope you continue to stick with us. We've got big plans to cap off this campaign, and we've already recorded several of the climactic episodes. But if you're enjoying the ride, don't wait until the end to review. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser right now. Yeah, go ahead. Take some time. Go leave a review right now. It only takes a couple of minutes. And it lets us know your thoughts and is a great way to show your support. You can also support the podcast and look good doing it with some of our merchandise available by searching Death Saving Bros at redbubble.com. And then, of course, the people that we support and want to tell you about are Will Savino's Music D20 Project and The Boy King of Idaho, both of whom are composers creating original tabletop music on Patreon. Their music is featured in this episode, and their websites are available in the episode description. Finally, the last thing I always like to do before getting you back to the episode is to recognize those that have made this show possible. And there's no one to thank more for their support than our patrons. Those who pledge at the $5 tier get a shout-out at the end of the episode, but the following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher, so they get their supporter shout-out right now. Ryan Cushman, Two Times Tyler, and Gene L. Jackson. Thank you all for your support. Without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Just as before, Forliris is rippling with dark red muscle, and his loincloth is fluttering in the in the breeze, and you can see clearly the tattoo of a head of rabbit with tie of bow, 
and they seem to be slowing down. Does anybody want to give me a perception check? I want to know who the fuck came up with that. <laughs> you did. Really? You and Ben collaborated on that. Oh, okay, so it was Ben. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh... I usually feel like if the dungeon master asks if anybody wants yeah. to do a perception check, I mean, I guess we're all check, looking at them. We so should all like... do a perception check. I rolled a six. Do I see anything? You see four Lyris and Zawadzki. With a six? Yes. Is that fucking obvious? Yeah. I got a 20... <laughs> I got a 23. 21. I rolled another natural two again. Can you, like, uh, stop blowing it? But that's going to give me a nine. <laughs> Okay, so then Abe and Ambionitis, you see uh, two shadows peel away from a copse of trees, and you realize that it is Jet and a hulking shadowy figure with eyes of red. I'm going to draw my greatsword quietly. Hey, you guys. <laughs> I'm just going to sit there like I don't know what's going on. Um, Be like, oh, shit, they're already here. I'm yeah. just gonna, who's the closest person to me? I hope not me. Abe would probably be the closest to you. I grab Abe by the collar, you're within millimeters of his face. You ready to charge, motherfucker? No. And I want to grab Prothea by the top of the head and spin it directly towards those, uh, <laughs> where those shadowy figures are coming out. It's now paralyzed. And be like, <laughs> <laughs> look at that. It's behind him. He just turns out 180 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> You're... <laughs> don't, don't worry, we'll fix it. <laughs> I turn back to Abe. Okay, thank you. I draw my longsword. You ready now, motherfucker? He turns Help. back to you with his back to you and is facing you. <laughs> Instead of just turning his head to the two o'clock angle, he goes counterclockwise all the way around to turn it to two o'clock. Uh, Squat kisses down the line. Quiet! Listen. This is great for your spine. And uh, you... Turning your attention back to this impending meeting, you realize that Zawadzki and Forliris have stopped. Zawadzki has dismounted, Forliris has landed, and Jet and the shadowy figure of Sargonis are now in conversation. Zawadzki speaks up and says, Sargonis, Lord of Vengeance and Fire, long have I awaited our meeting. I am your humble servant. And he bows deeply. You will be talking to me, Zawadzki. Sargonis is still on the other plane. He's shy. (laughs) Why would he deign to have you speak for him? I am the avatar of Sargonis. I have been raised to do this ever since I was a child. You? But you were working against him until... But mere hours ago. I'm just ignoring him. I'm going to see if he decides to repeat himself or just how he reacts to that. Like, that wasn't important enough for me to acknowledge. He puffs himself up and goes, If you are the person to whom I should speak, then speak, weakling. (laughs) Well, why was it that you uh, summoned this meeting? I am the Archbishop of Principium. I... Real scary. Uh. Do not mock me. I have been your foe for many moons. It is only because of some ill-begotten fate that you are here. I am the true disciple of Sargonis. Well, you haven't been able to uh, stop me in, up until now, so... What's that saying about your usefulness, huh? Blah, blah. I, I beg to differ. I... I summoned Forlyrus to this plane. You just show up in bubbles. I do not. <laughs> Good one. Listening, Bubble boy. <laughs> listening to Jet just trash talk Zawatsky to his face <laughs> at least reassures us that we rubbed off on him in some oh. way. <laughs> we taught him how to just try. He's taking so much verbal abuse from us that he knows how to dish it out now. And I love seeing he it. He gets a good one on yours. Nailed you! And the bushes. <laughs> My mage head comes out of nowhere and just gives him some low bones. He knows we're near. It's been like, oh. Jet, you have the power of the god of murder on your side. Smite this dipshit. I do have a message. 
You guys should kill each other. Just a suggestion. <laughs> I'm going to assume that all of those were jokes. No. Yeah, I'm, yeah. 100% serious. Yeah. <laughs> so I turn around. I low bones the mage hand that I know. <laughs> <laughs> you feel a tickling. <laughs> right on your chocolate factory. <laughs> In all seriousness, do you actually send your mage no. hand? Oh, okay. No, but how close are we actually to all of this? Um, you're probably thirty yards away. Oh, that's it. Nice. So my, we are in message range. If I want to say anything to Jet, so we could hear a fucking tick fart. Okay. Well, it's it's ninety feet. Yeah. Thank. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Just making sure that you heard thirty yards and not thirty feet. Yeah, we went to uh, second grade, too. Yeah, that's fine. The range on message is further than that. Perfect. So, Zawadski turns to the shadow that is Sargonis and says, My mighty Sargonis, please, I am much more important than this pathetic, puny little whelp could ever be, and... Hey, hey, why don't you slip into something more comfortable, like a coma? (laughs) I should just strike you down where you stand and suddenly the shadowy form roils in clear rage and frustration and the eyes spark with indignation and rage and you hear the deep voice of the god Sargonis boom out this is not a negotiation this is a subjugation You will listen to my avatar. I am not yet strong enough to wield weapons in this world, and I have need of you both. I stick my tongue out at him. Zawadzki purses his lips, his eyes flashing with anger, and he turns to Jet and says, Very well, avatar. What? Do you need from me? So, as you should know, as a so-called, and I do some air quotes, disciple or follower of Sargonis, that Trugala was the one area city that could not fall under his influence when he tried to claim rulership over the realm, correct? Yes, everybody in Trugala knows this. Okay, well, it is the plan of our ruler Sargonis here to make Trugala, more specifically Principium, his, uh, the first place that we take over. And you just happen to have the knowledge and, that we need to get through the defenses and make his goal a reality. That is all that you need from me? You just need information? Yeah, pretty much. We've already established that, you know, you can't even get through me and my bumbling companions here, so... I take offense. I... Well, I, you should. You really should. How dare you, you impertinent whelp! And he reaches out to inflict wounds on you. I guess he just does that? Well, he rolls a six, so... I'm just gonna grab his wrist and say... Okay, if you know anything, that's Prothean's first go-to move. Like, I haven't (laughs) defended this about a dozen times already. Uh, While this is happening, anyone in our group could see that I'm, like, moving my foot back and forth like a bull about to charge. Great sword in hand. (laughs) Tie his shoes together. (laughs) I would be like, Prothean, wait. Maybe they'll just kill each other. see a bloodlust in my eyes. (laughs) Uh, Sargonis is going to chuckle. (laughs) <laughs> oh, fighting among my slaves. Very well. You think he's a small, impertinent whelp? What about when I imbue him with true power? And Sargonis is going to touch a shadowy finger to the forehead of Jet. You're going to see the invisible condor that is emblazoned onto his shoulder, flare bright with ruddy red light, and Jet's eyes are going to flash with smoking shadows before it fades, and you see him stand a little bit taller, 
and the tips of his fingers have pale fire. Yeah. And uh, Jet, why don't we go ahead and talk about what you got in your level up, both regular and divine. Hi. (laughs) I'm Jet. I'm a half monk. Hello, Jet. And now half demon. Um, for my level up to level 12, uh, it was just an extra ability score modifier, so I put that into my constitution because I seem to be making a lot of constitution saving throws, and I figured it might do something for me. And going into the effects of Sargonis here, I guess a perfect way to start showing you guys instead of just laying it all out on the table and exposing myself would be to take a little stab at um, Zawadzki. I say, yeah, I'm not so tiny now, huh? And I'm going to, going to go ahead and put my hands together, my fingers spread outwards, give them a little razzle-dazzle, and I'm going to cast Burning Hands, which means he has to take a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> Powered by the god of fire and murder, and he gives you a first level spell. <laughs> Yeah, don't you guys have burning hands? Actually, I might. I actually do not. I do, I think. <laughs> Zawadzki rolled an eight. Alrighty then. Since I actually did not have this before, I have to see what it is. 3d6 fire damage. Yay. So I do 11 damage. Just kind of toast him up a little bit. Shooting some sparks at his feet and saying, dance for me, puppet. <laughs> So Wadsky speaks up and says, A first level spell? That's all you got? I don't think I need much more at this point. You know, since you're, uh, since you're such a bitch. And I got that from, uh, Abe. <laughs> In the distance, you just hear, Ha! <laughs> yes. And then, I guess on top of that, I will just shadow step to right behind him. And having my staff of composition as a bonus action cast into a like vine-like material. I'm just going to wrap it around his neck and say, you could be dead right now. Your politics don't frighten me. With a little bit of uh, motivation, you're going to just see like, it looked like I had like a pale fire at my fingertips. It's just going to like slowly build up to just engulf my entire fist. And then I'm just going to do, like, the Sherlock Holmes, just, like, double karate chop him in the neck. As an attack. I'm going to attack him a bunch of times real quick. Going to discombobulate. <laughs> it's going to be just, yeah, it's so many punches to the neck, head, chest, and knees. <laughs> I'm just kind of reading through this to see exactly how many times I can punch him. So, okay, yeah. It'll be regular attack, and then my bonus punch, so that's two. When I use Flurry of Blows, it is an extra two. And then I can use a additional action and bonus action. So I will attack him eight times with my fire damage hands here. The lowest one would be a, with my modifiers added, a 13. Yeah, you're going to hit him all eight times then because... Anybody want to take a guess at what his armor class is? Twelve. Eleven. It's a fucking nine. What? <laughs> For Zawatsky? <laughs> was dexterity his dump stat? <laughs> no, he's he's been such a pampered priest for so long that he doesn't wear armor. And yeah, his dexterity is minus one. So you're going to hit him eight times. So before I do anything, it's just like from my fist punches alone, that would be... 67 damage and then with all of my unarmed strikes they now do an additional 2d6 fire damage so another 2d6 8 times so 16d6 which totals to and so on top of my 67 regular damage I do 62 fire damage well fuck wow for a total of quick math Swatsky better be part barbarian <laughs> 129. Quick math. While this is happening, I do my neck turns another 180 degrees in the same direction as before. Because <laughs> I feel like I have an owl neck now. <laughs> Looking at um, Abe. And your eyes go as wide as an owl's. Just like, ooh. 
Yeah, Zawadski is put down in a single move. So I envision this as sort of like a Mortal Kombat fatality going down, where it's the Sherlock Holmes just chopping the neck, it'll be two attacks, and then it's going to be swift punch to the kidneys, or just going to stick my thumbs right in his ears. Wait, are you saying that like each hand as it hits at the same time, like that's two separate attacks? So, like, when you chop, like, the neck, you're not chopping the neck twice. You're just chopping the neck once, and as each hand hits. Sure, we'll just... yeah. I'm like is, pat- is that what you're saying? Or? Yeah, I'm just playing patty cake with the back <laughs> of his head right now. <laughs> okay, so, neck. And then I just uh, hit him so hard in the chest that, my, you know, I, I want to rip his heart out, but... As your hand enters his chest, Zawadzki's eyes fly open, and he breathes, My gods then Sargonis is going to wrap his shadows around your wrist and go, No, no, Jet. Bring him back so I can kick his ass again. We still need him to answer our questions. And he will push Zawadzki off of your hand as it comes away bloody, and then Zawadzki is going to breathe raggedly as his chest cavity closes up, and he'll be healed to within an inch of his life by Sargonis. You got lucky, punk. Sargonis is going to say, I tire of this. For Lyris, grab the priest and let us begin our invasion. And For Lyris picks up Zawadzki, throws him over its shoulder, and then Sargonis and Jet meld into shadow and start flitting away as Forlyris takes to the air and flies after them. Dang it. I wanted to Siska Bob someone. <laughs> hmm. Well, seems like maybe we should all pledge allegiance to Sargonis and then we can do cool shit like that. Did you really just say that in front of me? <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. That's how you crusaded. <laughs> ah, well. I think we did pretty good, everybody. We didn't engage, which means we did what we were supposed to do. Wow. So now... Mission accomplished. It's... It's a, it's a great feeling. <laughs> we did it. We, <laughs> we accomplished the mission by not doing anything. Woo! I think oh, this is the first time we actually <laughs> did what we were supposed to do. Um, I was trying to talk to Abe and saying, All right, I'm a shadow, st- sorry, Misty Step on top of him and come down directly on the back of his neck with my greatsword. Then we start fighting. Go for it. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. You get pussy slapped away so fast. (laughs) That's what I was going to (laughs) do. Dalvia and Hexor's dad, what are we supposed to do next? Ogberg turns to you all and his brow is furrowed and says, we're going to need a lot of backup. And that's where we're going to end our episode. Well, Jet just has low self-esteem, so maybe we can make fun of him and he'll break down crying and we won't have to fight him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I should have, I should have. If there was if there was time to interject, I should have cast message and just made Jet feel like shit. <laughs> but you were so proud of him for talking his own shit. Yeah, but I can't ever let him know that. I gotta always make him feel like he's not quite meeting the bar. <laughs> well, oh, the, the bar, bar is, is up here. Jet is down here. <laughs> the bar has like, been met and ascended. Jet will give you an extra copper a year if you come back to us. Well, hopefully we hit the bar for all of you listeners. Uh, If you are interested in hearing more of our story, more of our shenanigans, you can get exclusive content by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros. We have bloopers, recaps, and extra episodes. Hopefully a sexy calendar. Maybe a sexy calendar. Uh, If you would like to keep in touch with us in between episodes, or you know what? We haven't uh, we haven't talked about reviews in a while, and we do have a new review. Who wants to read it? What do we have it on? Pod Chaser. I've never read one. I read one like early on, I think. Yeah, Matt re- Matt's read one or two. It's usually Ben though. I do that for work. I don't want to do that now. Here, I'm sending it in the group. What's the username? Oh, Mister Underscore Freeze Dash Baby. Um. But no, who's supposed to read this one? I can read it. We have Mr. underscore freeze underscore bay B 
Hey, bam, bam. There wasn't a second underscore there. That's a hyphen or a dash. Oh, wait. Damn it. I'm so sorry. Here, Mr. Let me start Freeze, that baby. Sorry. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so here we have Mr. Underscore Freeze dash baby. He's so close to saying underscore. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Well, it, it's, it's for my thing. But Mr. Freeze, baby says, absolutely one of my favorite podcasts. These guys have great chemistry, and half the time I feel like I'm right there with them. Keep the jokes and spears coming. I'm always for people who like our spears. <laughs> and he did give us five stars, so I will take all the good noodle stars available. Yeah, and that was a review from Podchaser. So if you're enjoying what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Podchaser, and just like Mr. Freeze Baby, you'll get your review read on the air. If you would like to keep Baby. in touch... Baby, if you would like to keep in touch with us in between episodes, we are available on social media at Death Saving Bros on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. I am personally available on Twitter at HB Camper or on Instagram at hbcamper.14. You can find me at Benfro15. You can find me at Ima underscore B underscore Rad. <laughs> so our underscore is not dashes not dashes you can follow our reddit page at our name you can follow me on github if you can find me congrats you can find me on the playstation network as f-a-t-t dash smith and to all those of you who are listening in your cars in your homes or wherever you may be keep saving those death throws and we'll see you on the next one Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs Blinka's Temper, Charon, Honor in the Storm Strings, Ironwood, Shadow Puppets, and Shelter at Last are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. The song Frozen Village, Day, Peace is by The Boy King of Idaho at patreon.com slash boykingofidaho. These tracks are used with permission, all rights reserved. The tracks Here and Now and Shadow Hunters our music by Orchestralis. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.